everybody, Coach John Daly here. Happy Friday. It's a daily Friday again. Thanks to Dr. Jeff Lip and that fantastic idea that he had a few weeks ago. Now, I just wished him happy summer because uh, today was officially my last day of school. And he kind of frowned and uh, said something about how his summer isn't arrived yet since he's got... How many, how many more days you got? I have three more days left. So counselors in most schools have to typically work past when teachers leave because of summer school. And then obviously making sure that we tidy up everything for the following school year. Gotcha. Yes, all those uh, failure lists that come out, you know, kids that maybe struggled, didn't make it. They got to retool some things before they come back. I Absolutely. Get I get it. Well, I hope the three days goes well for you, my friend, because you need a summer. You need some time to unplug, and I hope you're able to do that. Thank you, my friend. You deserve it. All right. Hey, little Father's, uh, Father's Day weekend here coming up. Um, today is June 15th, it's Friday, so uh, two days from now is Father's Day, the 17th, and I stumbled across this 11 pieces of fatherly advice on life and living it well. So I kind of wanted to go back and forth uh, a little bit with, um, you know, lessons from our fathers, uh, you know, based upon these quotes, and hopefully we can laugh a little bit and uh, maybe say, that's way off base, my dad never said that, or, oh God, he was all over that, that's totally him. Sound good to you? Sounds excellent, my friend. All right, buddy. Uh, first one is, my father taught me you have to believe in yourself and run on your own track. Jennifer Gray said that. I kind of like that. You have to believe in yourself and run on your own track. Your thoughts? You know, my dad was a man that did not really offer me a, a large amount of advice. Mm. So you and I shared a lot about my dad in way earlier podcasts on your show about how I lost my dad and the various life lessons that he taught me. And he never really installed words of wisdom on me. In my culture, that being an Asian culture, typically what he said went. And when he enforced anything or like, you know, set procedures or policies that we needed to follow at home, we typically just had to follow the rules that he has set forth. There was no deviation from that in particular. So when, let me give you a prime example. When I was in high school, I had went to a private, I'm sorry, a public high school. I'm sorry, geez, my goodness. A public education my whole entire life up until 10th grade. And in 10th grade, my dad was like, you're going to Warren de la Salle, which is a Catholic school. And because you just need a better education. He didn't care about my friends. He didn't care about anything else whatsoever. So Instead of saying words like that, he just said, you know what, I don't care what your emotional well-being is. I think this is what the best decision is for me to do for your life, so I'm just going to do it. Mm. And that's exactly what he did. So in turn, when I started achieving a lot in my high school and then obviously when I got to college and then finished my PhD, my dad was very proud of me. And he never really told me that either. He never really said, I'm so proud of you. He never really said any of that stuff, honestly. He just expected it from me. So to be quite honest with you, what he did was he never really told me to get my stuff back on track or he never really questioned it. He just basically said, you do what you got to do because this is the best way that I see fit for yourself. So the fact is that he never really said those words to me. But I mean, for me, letting him down or not living up to his expectations were things that were very important to me. So when, you know, my dad passed, I promised him things and for me, living up to his ex expectations now, even when he's passed, is probably still the most important thing for me. So, yeah, I mean, I, that that really that thing really doesn't really align with me 
because of the fact that, you know, I never really had to self-talk myself that way. I just listened to what he kind of had to say. But from an outsider's point of view, which I have on you, that's good. I, I do see you believing in yourself, and you are running on your own track for sure. Like yeah, hundred percent for sure with the changes in your life and right. Uh, so I think the statement holds true to you. Absolutely, you've my created friend. yourself. My dad definitely um, didn't say this exact quote to me, obviously, but um, always, my dad always had words of advice. We always talked. We always did things. Um, kind of emotional guy. Uh, he got me into coaching. Um, he definitely was, uh, he, he ran to, to the beat of his own drum. Um, he did. He coached for a long time, uh, girls soccer, girls basketball, while working at Ford Motor Company. Um, he didn't really follow, you know, the norm of everybody else, what everybody else is doing, you know. Um, so he definitely kind of taught me indirectly about um, believing in myself, which I still struggle with, but it's getting better. And it was no fault of his own, but it was probably just, you know, some of the wirings that were maybe misaligned in me. But so you still have those conversations with them now, don't you? Yes, yes. And what are those particular topics revolving around now? Um, you know, there's a long time ago, he, um, you know, we lived in Michigan. He grew up in New Jersey. Um, but I remember a time, oh, maybe I was 10, 12 years old, how there was a car dealership uh, back near um, where my mom grew up in Batavia, New York. There was a car dealership that was for sale. And being in the automotive company for so long, um, he was always, you know, indirectly entrepreneurship type stuff. He wanted, he kind of always thought of himself as trying to be his own boss and not big things, but I just knew he kind of had that in him. And he almost took a, a shot at it. And we talked recently about how he's glad he didn't because, you know, um, the car industry struggles. Uh, the dealership ended up not doing well. You know, from the standpoint of uh, you know, population shifts and, and markets and all that and other competition. But um, he definitely was one that took a shot at, at things, you know, even if he looked into it. And, you know, thank God he didn't move us there and we had to move back and start over. But uh, he definitely looked at things. So it's always interesting, I think, uh, talking to him back then and even today. So he still gives you entrepreneur advice? Is that what it sounds like? Um, not so much. Not so much, but he definitely believes in me. Some of the things right. I've tried doing, he has talked to me about supporting uh, my decision, uh, being kind of being in my corner kind Good. of thing, which has been awesome. That's amazing. Uh, next, from Scott Eastwood. I don't know if there's a relationship to Clint there, but uh, <laughs> my father taught me not to overthink things, that nothing will ever be perfect, so just keep moving and doing your best. I, definitely, that was my father, my dad talked to me about always doing my best and, and not sulking and not complaining too much. I, I do remember him talking about that, and uh, I think that is good advice. Um, th there's times when I do overthink things. It doesn't go well, you know. Um, now, granted, I'm not taking a leap off of a cliff and jumping in right away to things, but uh, I do not spend weeks and weeks and weeks overthinking things now. Maybe in the, you know, previously I did, but uh, I like that one. Just keep moving, doing your best. How about you? Once again, those things are never... Things that he ever talked to me about, honestly. My dad was a very nonverbal man. Like, he expected action. So there was not much that he would say to me to install that. But basically, he expected those things of me. So one of the things that, if I had to take a look at that statement more than anything that I think about, was the fact that he defended me in every single thing. Mm. So if he felt that I was being mistreated, my dad would always come to my support, whether or not I was right or wrong. Honestly. Hmm. So there was one incident I remember 
when I was younger and I loved baseball. I used to play baseball all the time. Matter of fact, if you check out the Dr. Lid podcast logo, it's about a baseball diamond. Mm -hmm. So more than anything, you know how much I just enjoy baseball. But when I was younger, my remember my coach at that particular time had told me to go play like left field or something of that nature because they were just getting hammered up there. And so the coach called a timeout, moved me from shortstop all the way to left field and told me that I had to play out here because of the fact the ball gets hit here nonstop. My dad, at the end of the inning, came up to the coach and said, don't ever take my son out of shortstop because that's where he's supposed to play. And I was more of a team player, but my dad believed that that's where I would flourish. And more than anything, that's where he kind of like supported me. So he got my mindset. It was like, you know what? I need to be playing shortstop all the time. And that's not the case. Honestly, it's about the team. But it's interesting how when I look at something like that, he never really said you've got to get your life back on track or you got to keep moving because I'm not perfect, things like that. He viewed me as like just trying to be the best support system he could possibly be for a parent. And one of the reasons why, in my opinion, that we didn't have a lot of these particular conversations more or anything was because of the fact that English was a second language. Mm. My dad spoke amazing English, you know, honestly, best, better in English that I can speak some days. But to be quite honest with you, we never really had in-depth conversations. It was more about action with my dad. Mm. Is it safe to say, Jeff, that, um, you know, maybe with these quotes and stuff that we're getting into, that obviously he, he did not say these things. Right. But by what he did, did you see these things in him? Exactly. Yeah. I had to role model these particular things. So mm. there was not, John, there was, I'll be honest with you, there was never career advice. There's no advice that he ever gave me. He said, you got to do this, you got to do that. That's it. There was no debate. And if I wanted debate, I was wrong, honestly, even though I knew it was right. But we would argue about things, but it weren't about life philosophies or anything of that nature. And he never really told me that I should do this or this. You know, I got to keep the line. You know, I wasn't like going out and like just doing crazy stuff. But the fact of the matter is he never really sat down and had fatherly talks like I would believe most people have now. The relationships I believe that most people have with their fathers and their parents if it's a good relationship, it's constant communication. He never had that with me. He was a he would he role model what he wanted me to see, and honestly, that's kind of what I emulate now. So I was really disturbed when things that my dad did weren't working out for me, you know, because as I looked at it, my dad was perfect in the sense that, you know, what he was role modeling was a perfect way to kind of emulate everything. So that's kind of what I did, mm. honestly. Interesting. Good. I like that reflection piece on that. Uh, third one, Marlo Thomas. My father said there were two kinds of people in the world, givers and takers. The takers may eat better, but the givers sleep better. What are your thoughts about that one? So if I had to take a look at that, once again, if I go through all these quotes, I know my dad's never said any of those things for me. Once again, that's all action. So what my dad would do constantly as a giver, and I remember this mm. more than anything, is every single year, my dad would always tip the mailman. Do you tip the mailman? No, I do not. This is unbelievable. Right. And he's a service person. And for us in society, we take granted for all these people that just do crappy jobs, honestly. Uh, I don't think being a postal worker is a crappy job, so don't let me say it like that. But, I mean, it's physically labor-intensive mm -hmm. in the fact that you have to walk around and deliver mail, deliver whatever. My dad would always tip the post worker every single year. I do the same thing now. I remember one year the postal worker in our neighborhood, I believe his name was John actually, he came back to my door, my household, knocked on the door and said, listen, is your dad home? So I went and got my dad and my dad came back and he said to him, I remember standing right by my dad. He's like, I can't take this money. 
because you guys have already tipped me. Your wife has actually tipped me. My mom actually tipped them already. I can't take this. This is just too much money. My dad's like, you keep that money because you work hard for that money. So my dad gave him the extra whatever it was at that particular time. I didn't pay attention. But for me in life, I emulate that again. And once again, my dad was a man of action. Never really wanted to teach me the lesson there. It was something that I had to learn by myself. But that's exactly what he did. It's awesome. I love that. The fact of uh, your dad was a giver. My dad was a giver. Right. Without telling me that's the way it's got to be. You know, I just right. I just followed her, followed my dad's actions. And I think that's cool. Uh, was it around Christmas time or so, end of the year? Absolutely. Yeah. Christmas time, that's exactly where we normally... And I give to my postal worker all the time now, honestly. That's interesting. And once again, these are things that I emulate. I saw my dad do it. But people that all the time, I mean, especially in the service industry, we still want to make sure that we are helping. Support. I mean, today was the last day of school. We talked about this very briefly. I mean, I got cards from parents, and I only been there for half a little over half a year, mm. and the sheer impact that I had was unbelievable. And I'm like, I can't accept this. They're like, if you don't accept this, Doctor Lip, you're not going to take our gift. You know, we want you. To, we just want to know how appreciative we are of you helping us. And I was like, man, I'm just doing my job, which is kind of interesting. But it made me feel so good. And I mean, I got so many emails today too, which is different. Which is not different, but like, just kind of. Ah, because of the fact that I'm just doing my job. Um, I'm hoping I'm doing it well. So I guess that's something that, you know, I've done. That's cool. And you don't do your job to get those things. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was interesting. I got a couple of nice things too. I just knocked well, my socks awesome off. You're an awesome guy. Knocked my socks off. I just so so appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, next one from Barbara Corican. Cor- Coran. Um, my father taught me, my father taught us a great heaping of insubordination and I think that's why his kids didn't want to grow up working for anybody. So it sounds like um, she got instilled with uh, kind of questioning or not um, not always having to depend on someone else to, to help you make a living. You know, be very independent, come up with your own thing. And you, you've recently kind of gone through the thought process of, you know what, I, I kind of would like to be my own boss someday. And we've talked about that. So right. Was your your dad, what did he do for a living? My dad was a mechanical engineer. Okay. But once again, he worked for a company. He worked for a U.S. company. Gotcha. So he actually worked for someone and got played by an employer. And once again, my brother, my sister, myself, we've all emulated the same type of approach. We work for a company. You, you do the same thing. You yes. work for Lakeshore. So you work for a company and they pay you. And what I'm trying to do now is break that mold. So really, my dad didn't tell me to follow this path. He just wanted me to be happy and successful. That was, of all all the things in the world, that is the only advice my dad has ever given to me. When I asked him what the secret of life was or what life was all about, he told me this right before I got married, was just be happy. Mm, Honestly, just be happy. And I'm like, that's the weakest piece of advice. But really, it made, (laughs) made, because it was so cliche. Did you tell him that? No, of course not. I mean, it was my wedding day. I, I was elated. But, I mean, it was just very cliche. <coughs> the fact of the matter is that holds so true. It really is just about being happy. But everyone's happiness is defined in a different type of manner. But the biggest hurdles, I think, that you and I experience, well, I can only speak for myself, but, like, what my dad has emulated, and it sounds like what your dad emulates, you try to do the same thing because you believe that's the right approach. The fact is that my dad worked for a man, and meaning the man, not a man, but the man, right? <laughs> the man that you have to attend to and report to. 
And me trying to break that mold is completely different because mm-hmm. I'm trying to become the man, right? So it's completely different. So it's a different mindset, and those are some of the things that I'm trying to overcome. And it's really funny because mindset – I just got a time for – Text from Jeremy Todd sent me a uh, link to his podcast about fathers again today too. So everyone's doing a podcast about fathers. So just want to let you know. It's interesting. Yep. Interesting. Very. Hey, uh, you know, my dad definitely, um, he worked for a motor company, like I said. He had a little bit of the entrepreneurial bug, I think, in him that, uh, you know, he checked into but didn't take that full leap. Um, but I tell you what, he, he was his own man from the st- and still is from the standpoint of he, he loved laughing. He he was the one uh, Good. down, uh, worked at the Renaissance Center in Detroit. Yep. Ford Motor Company had a tower there before GM took it over. And uh, I just remember so many Halloweens. He'd go down there. I think I shared this in an earlier podcast that uh, he would dress up. He would put on this big, huge Afro wig, like a red clown wig, big clown nose, um, the goofy tie that went down past his, past his waist, um, and the big clown shoes. And he'd just go schlupping right through the lobby, going into his tower there for Ford Motor Company. Lawyers, professional people all over the place, engineers. And he just wouldn't give a rip. People would laugh and, ah, you look great, you know, just crazy stuff. He loved doing that. I just remember him having a lot of fun with neighbors and friends uh, and still does. And uh, so definitely kind of not, you know, depending on other people's opinions, which I take that as. I think both our fathers are very sociable people. So they wanted to make sure they connected with people out there. Yeah, Whether or not they're introverted definitely. or extroverted, they're very sociable. Definitely. That's a great point. Robert Parrish comes up with a quote here. My father taught me a good lesson. Don't get too low when things go wrong and don't get too high when things are good. One of my biggest advice my dad ever gave, and I still remember this, it's probably one of the first ones that when people ask me best advice ever given, my dad would always say, hey, the sun will come up tomorrow. You know, and then whether it was sports or, you know, things going bad or whatever, I just remember him saying that many times to me uh, when we would talk. And uh, I still think of it just about every day from the standpoint of it's a fresh start. You know, whatever happened yesterday, you know, learn from, move on, don't dwell, don't sit back there. So I think Robert Parrish uh, was pretty cool with that one. I'm assuming that's the basketball player. I could Uh, be right. That's my first assumption, too. Okay, so if that's the basketball player, obviously each game is different. Right? Ooh, good point. So if he's growing up in a world of basketball and he had a crappy game the game before, his dad's like, listen, you have another game to kind of redeem it. So, you know, mm. being in athletics, I think that's a fresh mindset that you need to take on more than anything. Once again, my dad went to every single one of my games as when I played Little League or any type of events. He tried to make sure they attend all our events, which was awesome. But once again, we never – Really had those types of discussions. Mm. He just defended us. No matter what we wanted to do, he would support us and more anything. He would just try to make sure that we keep that and try to be happy, try to make us happy, honestly. That's cool. That's good stuff. Another basketball guy here. This one, Shaquille O'Neal. We definitely know that's the basketball player. Yeah, for sure. My father made me who I am. He gave me basketball and told me to play with the ball, sleep with the ball, and dream with the ball. So talk about you know passion and finding something that you really enjoy and then doing everything you can to, to do that, to chase after it, you know. And obviously sports, carrying the ball, whether it's football or whatever, that makes total sense. And now my dad definitely didn't say anything to me about, you know, sleep with the ball or anything <laughs> like that. But he, he supported me too in, in my sports. And uh, I remember uh, him teaching me how to play golf, which is still a big part of my life today. I love it. Uh, and it's one of those things that I'm glad he showed me those things. I remember playing catch with him. I remember, you know, him and I – putting the basketball hoop, attaching it to the to the garage, or garage face sideways, 
um, and recently drove by that house. It is still there. Not quite sure if the dang thing can come down anyways because my dad, these big, huge poles that he hooked up um, over the garage that um, are bolted, and that son of a gun, it's going to be tough to get down. So I, I love the fact that he, we did all those things, uh, you know, sports-wise, that he showed me and uh, kind of lit me up a little bit for the rest of my life with that stuff. It's because you were probably dunking on those rims. Is that why they're not around oh, anymore? Oh, I tried. In fact, uh, neighbors had an adjustable rim. Yeah. And uh, me and some buddies were over at, this is a, a, he was a few years younger than us, but we still kind of hung out. Uh, we pulled down the rim off their house. And right. uh, we, we dropped it, ran, we threw it in the bushes and ran and took off. <laughs> uh, we did end up coming to our senses. I don't know if one of our parents pushed us to go, you go back over there and you tell right. Mr. Heaton that this is what you did and you guys are going to pay for it, which we did. So, yeah, but, uh, you know, it sounds like your dad, very supportive, whether it was uh, baseball, we, we need probably, do you have a team picture for your baseball like you do for basketball? I do, my friend, but I don't have as many people in that particular team picture. I got to find it. I don't even know where I put that it. It would be good to see. Here's something that I, so we went back-to-back quotes on basketball, and what's interesting is that guys use this language a lot. When there's nothing to talk about in particular, they usually talk about sports. Mm, and it's because point. something that, all commonality, that typically it's an unspoken mm. language, right? The first thing I turn on typically in the morning is Sports Center. I kind of just like sit back and just like check out what's happening on the sports world. It's entertainment. And what's interesting is that if I don't know a guy too well or I just meet a person, you know, I typically ask them if they're any, into any type of unique sports or anything like that. And we talk. And we talk about the sports world in general. So more than anything, once again, it's just I think it's an unspoken language. That's pretty cool. In fact, uh, it just came to me about I should ask my dad this. I know him and his dad weren't super close, uh, probably not as close as I am w- with with him, but they did have baseball in common. Right. The, you know, the New York Giants, you know, oh. with the, the baseball team there. And uh, everybody hated the Yankees, you know, especially those that lived in New Jersey, I think. Of course. But I do remember they had the commonality right. of that, which wasn't a lot. But you're right, sports does connect a lot of people. I tell you, it's mesmerizing when I'm sitting around a whole bunch of people that I don't really know, but they're men. And we start talking, and someone brings up a random question. And like now, with phones, it's completely different, and we can look up that answer. But mm. the challenging part is, like, if someone asks someone and says, okay, no one look up their phones, and if you know the answer, you're, like, looked upon as just, like, God to a certain extent. The fact that, oh, my goodness, this guy really knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, is that that's why I love sports, is that you can have that discussion, and it just opens up different perspectives, and it connects you with different people mm. in a much larger scale, honestly. I think that's a good uh, topic for another podcast. That'd be yeah. a fun one, really. Uh, Yanni, hey, talk about going from one extreme to another here. Yanni said, uh, my father taught me that one of the most important abilities in life is to be able to take the pain and persevere. And persevere. And for years, this lesson has served me well. Going through crap, and you know, to hear my dad talk about some stories, uh, he definitely has that. He definitely uh, didn't quit things. He definitely... Solve problems. He definitely got through stuff because he had to. Whereas I think you know he would, if he was here, would would say he may, he helped to make my life a little bit easier than he had it as far as growing up, which I definitely appreciate um, from the standpoint of you know different opportunities that I got that maybe he didn't. Uh, but I think that's very true. I don't care you know if it's dad's advice, mom's advice. I think it's it's powerful for to. Uh, Get through what you got to get through and not to give up uh, throughout life. And, and these lessons are pretty powerful. So I think with your dad, 
again, maybe not the exact words, but you're de- you definitely saw that in him working his ass off, excuse me, <laughs> working his tail off and uh, doing great things just by action. So just like any marriage, any relationship, nothing is absolutely perfect. And my mom and my dad didn't see eye to eye in a lot of things. And they would argue. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the best marriage, but they had a great marriage. And one of the things that I remember, either my mom or my dad said this, that either my sister or my brother asked them, you know, why are you still particularly married? Is the fact that more than anything, it's for you guys, the kids, mm-hmm. is why we're staying married. And when I hung out with a lot of my friends and their parents would argue too, I asked them, you know, why are your parents still together too? They're like, it's because of us, the kids. So in society nowadays, in my opinion, I feel that sometimes when the road gets really difficult, sometimes marriages are broken up because they just can't stand it. There's no perseverance there. Mm. Once again, it's through action. And what's very interesting about when our dads grew up now and then when we're dads, more than anything, we try to have these in-depth conversations that are tenfolds more with our children to a certain extent. And our fathers back then in the day, honestly, it was just about work. Uh, mm. A lot of them would just work, and then they would model for us what we need to learn. Now, we're more articulate. We want to express more of our feelings. I mean, nowadays, more men, in my opinion especially, they're able to articulate themselves emotionally a little bit better too. So times are changing. But once again, growing up with my dad and the generation that I grew up with, none of these, a lot of these things weren't discussed. They were just shown through action. But yeah, I mean, nothing is perfect. So pain is always going to be there. I think that how you persevere through all that pain just, once again, builds adversity in yourself. Yeah, that's huge. That's a good point how my parents fought too. Uh, my right. wife and I fight and from right. the standpoint of, I, I look at it now as far as um, she's she's constantly trying to make me better without, she doesn't do it on purpose. You know what I'm saying? She tries to, you know, I got to be more patient, more tolerant. I have to see different views and different ways of doing things and understand that the intent is not to cause me problems and to harm me, hurt me, right? But that's just the way she's wired. And so you're right. People do sometimes um, not hang in there, and it's just not a, hey, a one-word answer. There's thousands of pieces of that puzzle that make it so, whether a marriage is successful or or not successful. you got to be a team. Absolutely, absolutely. How about Mark Cuban? He chimes in with, my dad says it over and over. Today's the youngest you're ever going to be. You've got to live like it. You've got to live young every day. Very interesting. I thought about that. Sorry about that. Uh, I thought about that from the standpoint of, wait a minute, I was younger last week. So how can it be said it's the youngest I'm ever going to be? But then I thought, it's like, well, wait a minute, today is all I got. And today is the youngest I'm ever going to be because yesterday's gone. You know, I, right, right. I can't do anything about that. Yeah. And so live young every day. You know, trying new things, being like a child, that childlike wonder sometimes. And uh, I've seen a lot of things recently where, you know, children, boy, you know what, they, they're accepting. They, they have less hang-ups. They have less worries that, you know, their biggest, they, they include each other. They include kids. It doesn't matter the race and where you come from and, and what your background is and all that. It's just very interesting. Today's the youngest you're ever going to be, which I like to be, I should be reminded about that. You have to live young every day. My dad definitely did. Like I said, the clown laughing my my mom constantly howard you know when he was joking around and constantly right. little one-liners and stuff and it bugged my mom because she wasn't like that all the time but uh i definitely got that from my dad as far as the the humor and connecting with people i think living in the present is what i see more than yes. anything there 
once again, you can't go back and change anything yesterday, but you can try to be here in the current moment. And I think Mark Cuban is a very good example of the fact because he's a huge entrepreneur that, you know, he's taken a lot of risks more than anything. Mm-hmm. And if he had to overthink everything and then question himself, he wouldn't be the successful person that he is today. But living in the present, I think, is very important. And then seeing, having foresight about how to achieve your goals, I think, is very important also. That is cool. That is a good, good point. Sarah Blakely came up with one. We've kind of already talked about this a little bit, um, how her dad gave me the gift of retraining my thinking about failure. Failure for me became um, about not trying instead of the outcome. That is, the failure, when you don't try, when you don't even throw your hat in the ring, that, that is failing to where... Trying and not being successful or not working out the way you want, that could be called failure, but um, it's definitely more, I think, bigger failure when you don't try. So, the first thing I thought of, and once again, I don't know why my mind goes in these weird directions when I hear these quotes, but when I wanted to do something like extracurricular wise, either like play football baseball, any type of athletic event, if I wanted to go play the piano, my dad would have supported that. Mm. And it's funny because nowadays I feel that many parents are saying like, you know what, you should try this. You should try this. Or they put them in like karate or something that the kid might not necessarily like, right? But they're giving exposure to opportunity. And the kid fights in the fact that I don't want to do this anymore. But yet they still take them every single week. And yet it's like a push and struggle type of thing. Now, I see that with some parents. So my dad never was like that. I was the one who, like, I want to do this, and I see more value in that. Mm. And for me, I feel that you can – I don't know. It's weird. I That self-drive to kind of want to do things sometimes, I feel that a lot of our generation is lacking to a certain extent. Mm. And I don't know why. I just don't know why. I mean, let me put it like this. When I'm teaching, for example – they want me to spoon feed them everything, okay? Even at the level that I teach sometimes. They want me to spoon feed them everything. And then there's no creativity being brought about. So I question that. I go, you know, what do you want to learn? You know, what do you want to learn from this particular subject? How do you want to grow as a person, as a professional? So I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't sense that. Now, they just want to do the bare minimum sometimes. and There's no urgency to kind of like grow as much as like, I don't know. I just, my, my whole generation, like if they wanted to do something, they would more than anything try to express that and try to like go tell their parents this is what I want to do and they would support them. It's very interesting. It just popped in my head about how our dads are especially, like I didn't ask you this, um, did you know your dad's dad? Did you know your grandfather? Absolutely not. No, and I'm not saying that as a negative thing. It's just that, you know, living in the United States, all my family is basically back in Hong Kong. Okay, gotcha. So when I was born, all my parents had been deceased for a very long My grandparents had been deceased for a very long time. Gotcha, gotcha. Because I always find it interesting to see what that connection was between right. your dad and his dad. Right. And But I find it very interesting that if our dads could be parents in today's generation. Right. Know, Oh, I think it'd be. I think it'd be raised the way they were raised. Right. My dad was born in 1938. Raised the way he was raised, and then being a dad today. That's a great point, John. It'd be very interesting. I'm telling you right now, they couldn't deal with half the crap they deal with now because of the fact. Once again, me saying this, and I'm being truthfully honest, is that 
you know, my dad let me live my life. And mm-hmm. the things that I wanted to do, I would do. But once again, my generation, we didn't have all this, like, technology. So what we did was we hung out, literally outside, playing basketball. I remember Ryan Pemberton, like, my friend Ryan, who lives in California now, called me every day at 11 o'clock on summer vacation. It was like, what are we doing today? Because we didn't. You know, we didn't hang out at home. We didn't, we didn't, that's not what we did. We either got together, played basketball. We did some type of activity to get us outdoors and make our entertainment up, honestly. So I don't know. I don't know. That's very, I love the reflection part of that, especially with your friends. Uh, Okay, this looks like the last one here. Um, This is from Don French. It was my father who taught me to value myself. He told me that I was uncommonly beautiful and that I was the most precious thing in his life. Now, granted, we probably don't have our dads telling us that exact <laughs> phrase, but I definitely see that in my dad to the point of um, as he got older, I got older. Um, we have a wedding that we're going to tomorrow. Um, the Terranova family lives right behind us. Um, we've known them, you know, for 21 years ever since we've been in this, lived in this house, and we've watched other's kids grow up. Um, I, I look back. And when I got married, that my dad really kind of started to see how fast time was going. And in, in some way, shape, or form, these words, not exactly, but he did let me know that I was very important in his life. And, um, you know, even before I was married, you know, growing up in high school, we said I love you every so often. We say it every time now. Every time I get off the phone with him now uh, in person. That's awesome. Uh, the hugs and the kisses. I tell my mom. and um, But definitely I get that feeling that, we are, me and my sister, and, and now my wife and kids, and my wife's, I mean, sorry, um, my sister's husband and, and their kids are so precious to my dad. That's and awesome. My mom. Um, but that, that's pretty powerful because it sets, God, it gives you a power to almost do anything you really want to do, knowing that you have that. So what I have to say with our last quote here, more than anything, is that I would love to meet these dads who just dropped all this knowledge, honestly, because once again, my dad was a person that was, spoke very little. He did everything through action. But the insight that he provided me was insight that I needed to see. Mm. So what I'm going to say with this, and I'm only a male perspective here. And this person, Don French, obviously for me that seems like a female name. And the picture I'm looking at, maybe it'd be indicating that it was a female who had a dad speak that to them. So when I'm going back to this is that for dads to have meaningful conversations with their daughters, I think is more prevalent. Mm. I don't know why. I just think Ooh. it is because I, I think they're the protector. That's their baby. And if you ask any dad to a certain extent, you know, their firstborn is always important. But their baby girl for them mm-hmm. is like the most important thing. And when you look at – you just mentioned going to a wedding. Well, the bride typically dance with their dad. Mm-hmm. So I think that – this day is very important, just like Mother's Day. But for more anything, like like females that have dads, obviously, in some level, are emotionally more connected to a certain extent. Not that men can't be. Correct. But once again, not a lot of guys, especially during that generation as they were growing up, expressed a lot of emotion. I mean, honestly, we don't do it either. I mean, even my brother... I tell him I love him, but we don't really say that all the time. You know, it's like high five here and there, but it's not like, oh man, how are you feeling today, bro? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like that. You know, it's once again, our uncommon spoken language typically is sports and whatever current event is taking place. 
But for dads, they were, in my opinion, especially when I see the dad relationships with their daughters, they were more emotionally connected with their daughters and they, they express themselves a lot more freely with their daughters for some reason. That's totally true. That's the other side of the coin that here we are two guys sitting together talking about our dads. Right. There is that other important right. part of the equation as far as, right. as daughters go. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting tomorrow to see uh, my buddy Dave um, with his daughter Jessica getting married um, and how he's going to react. Sure, he's, he's just got two girls. Of course. And uh, I, I think about myself when, if, when my daughter Caitlin gets married, I'm going to be a mess. Right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, You're going to be awesome, brother. Very, very interesting to see. Oh, you're going to be amazing. Very, it's very proud to be there, too. Yeah, as far of as course. Special part of, of life. But this was cool. I'm, I'm glad we did this. It brought up some uh, some great memories for me. I know it did for you, too. And I think we learned a little bit more about each other. And uh, you, we see the important role that dads have. And um, it, it's good to celebrate that. Uh, it's good to celebrate that and remind ourselves about those good things. So let me just share something before you close this podcast. My energy level before I start these, and I'm going to be honest to all your listeners, is low. I'm not going to lie. I mean, even though today's the last day, I'm exhausted. Work literally drains the physical strength that I have for me out of my system. And I have – like, I wish you could visualize this, people. I have the littlest strength coming in here physically to want to do this. But as soon as we get going and as soon as we end this, I feel like a champion completely. And you're taking a picture right now, which I know you're probably going to tag – more anything but more anything it's unbelievable how much more i feel energized after doing one of these because it's you got to talk about these things and i think this is what makes these podcasts very important is the fact that we are talking about this a lot more than usual yeah you know what uh, well said and uh a good friend uh, coach sherry from lakeshore said she loves listening to the two of us it really <laughs> inspires her she really finds she loves finding time to to listen to this, it really helps her, you know, clear her head. But she's working hard and doing things that she got to do, and uh, she finds it very inspiring. So, you are bringing some some good love there to uh, to someone who's a, just a great lady. I mean, I would love to get Sherry Tormina on my show, and we'd love to have him on your show too. Yep. Honestly, we as soon just... as I said that to her today, she oh no, oh, she started backing <laughs> up, she started back. I said okay, nope, only if you want to. It's okay, but. Uh, She'd be awesome, but she came and told me that today uh, that she really loves listening to okay. both of us have some fun. And so, a big shout out to Sherry today. All right, you guys, hopefully, this helped. Uh, have a good uh, Father's Day weekend. If you hear this before Father's Day, make sure you reach out to your dad and uh, hopefully he's still around. And if not, hopefully, you have some good memories. Hopefully, you got some great lessons that uh, whether these quotes are similar or uh, it makes you think about some great uh, advice and lessons that your dad gave to you. And if you are a dad, happy Father's Day out there to you. And uh, just remember, Things like this, your kids remember um, what you do, what you say, what you don't say, what you don't do. Um, they're always watching, and uh, you, you provide lessons a lot more than uh, what you think is just by words, okay? So I think that was pretty powerful. Great lesson today from Jeff. Thank you very much for being here, buddy. All right, hey, this is Coach John Daly signing off. Hope you guys have a great day. Find me over on Facebook at coach 2 Success, over on Twitter at coach 2 Success, and Coach John Daly on Instagram. Gotten a few more things out there. Had a great lunch today, by the way. I sent out some love to Jersey Mike's. They're, they're not even a sponsor of this show. That'd be cool if they were, but oh my God, it was so delicious. Um, find a place and give them a shout out. Whatever, if Pizza, restaurant, doctor's office. Just let them know that you appreciate them because uh, we need to have more positivity out there. So on that note, 
Coach Daly signing off. You guys have a fantastic day, weekend. Take care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk again soon. See you.